Welcome to Move Your Brain, Move Your Body podcast. I'm your host, Alina Kanner. I'm a certified athletic trainer and a postural restoration trained practitioner. This podcast focuses on bringing you the highest quality information from top individuals in the health and wellness fields across the country and across the globe. Move Your Brain, Move Your Body podcast was originally established to help people become their own best advocate for their own health. The main goal of this podcast is to bring you actionable tips to restore your own health and wellness or to optimize your health. Every episode done has a deep purpose to bring forth intelligent humans and help spread their knowledge to the general public. I want to thank you all so much for supporting and listening year after year. For the latest information about the podcast, you can follow on Instagram at MoveYourBB. And starting in 2023, I'll be posting these episodes on YouTube, and the YouTube handle is also at MoveYourBB. Now it's time to welcome the guest. Thank you for listening. Welcome to Move Your Brain, Move Your Body podcast. And I am very excited to bring Torin Burge from the Postural Restoration Institute and the Prime Program on the podcast today. So Torin is originally from Colorado, and he knew at an early age that he wanted to be a physical therapist. He went through his schooling, and he kept searching on the why behind what he was learning. Shortly after graduating from PT school in 1999, he was exposed to PRI and was hooked on knowing that there was a framework out there that really helped answer the question of why. After several years of learning and treating, Torin was hired at the Haruska Clinic in 2011 and has worked there, immersed in PRI ever since. Along with working as a staff PT for the Haruska Clinic, he has helped with the growth and evolution of the PRIME program, which focuses on providing multidisciplinary tools to assist those people who cannot seem to get better, either with the traditional therapy methods or even with PRI. I wanted to have Torin on the podcast today for the first episode of this year because postural restoration has been very influential in my career, and I'm always getting questions from people on Instagram and via email about integration, which basically means the meshing of vision, dental, and the rest of the body together, and even more specialties, not just vision and dental But I always get these questions, and sometimes I can answer them, and sometimes I can't answer them. So I figured, why not bring it to the people and give you all the best episode possible on integration from somebody who has been doing it for a very long time and who deals with very difficult cases at the Prime program right across the street from the Institute itself. So I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Just know that all this information is not your medical information. So please don't take this and run off with it. Just know that we're talking in general about people and we're talking about our patient. This is not specific medical advice for you personally. So I just have to put that disclaimer in there, but I really hope you enjoy this episode. Please rate and subscribe to the podcast. I'm also going to be starting to put them on YouTube and the YouTube handle will be at MoveYourBB on YouTube. So check that out. If you want to watch this episode, this will be available. Thank you for listening and I hope you enjoy. So welcome to Move Your Brain, Move Your Body podcast. Thanks We're so, for having me. So happy to have you. So Torin, yeah. you work here in Lincoln, Nebraska, I do. but tell me a little bit more about yourself. 
Uh, all right. So I'm originally from Colorado. I was born and raised in Colorado Springs. Okay. I've got two brothers. I've got an older brother and a younger brother. My older brother has cerebral palsy. Okay. So is a spastic quadriplegic in a wheelchair, has been going to physical therapy since practically the day he was born. Wow. So I grew up kind of going to PT clinics. Wow. And pediatric PT is kind of fun. So it's just, it's swings and pools and yeah. horses and games. And so, and I got drug along because I'm the younger brother, right? So we go to PT once a week for my whole life. So that's kind of where I initially got interested in PT. So I kind of knew from a young age, as you kind of get older, like, oh, there's actually like a point to this. It's not just like we have a play date every week. Like <laughs> there's a purpose behind it. So I knew early on I wanted to go to PT. And then I became, I got involved in sports. I was a swimmer through high school and through college and kind of saw more the, you know, the, the way the body works and that kind of stuff and got interested more in that. So I already had kind of this, this idea I was going to PT school and ended up in PT school in North Dakota. So I went to the University oh, wow. of North Dakota. So we talk about being cold in Nebraska. It's yeah. not, right? So that's why I walk over in this because <laughs> I spent 15 years in North Dakota. Wow. We joke we moved to Nebraska for the nice winters. That's hilarious. Which is true. But I went to the University of North Dakota because I could swim. I swam on the swim team before I got into PT school, and it was a, a three-year master's degree program at that point. So oh, I got nice. through college in five years and I graduated. And going through PT school, which is kind of a unique experience, right? And North Dakota is a great school, but it's really gearing people towards rural health. Right? So a lot of people who go to PT school there, go to med school there, are from that area. So mm-hmm. if you're in rural health, you see everything. You're going to be the geriatric person and the pediatric person and the sports person. and the, so, so it's a very good, well-rounded background. Yeah. background. So I got a lot of everything yeah. and kept asking lots of questions in PT school, particularly the why question. Right? Why does this happen? Why does this happen? Well, we don't have time for that. We don't have time for that. Yeah. Or you'll get that next year. And then I graduated, right? <laughs> and then I'm done, right? So I have this degree, and I don't really know anything. I mean, I know what to do, but yeah. I don't know why I'm doing any of it. And then I wanted to get paid because I wanted to get a job. Right. So <laughs> the place where I got one that people wanted to pay me was in Sioux City, Iowa. So okay. I'd never been to Sioux City, Iowa. That's I not didn't... far from here. No, huh? Because I know Dr. Coffin's there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's kind of a wild way that works. So I ended up in Sioux City, Iowa at at a hospital setting there, and this is in year 2000. So okay. so really, the, the institute is just kind of really barely kind of a thing, yeah. right? And I started asking some of my coworkers, like, I know a little bit, but like, what should I learn? What should I do? Who knows why these things are like? I don't want to know taping or yeah. I don't want any more what. I don't want any more tools. I want to know why things are happening. Right. And so Jane Stanley, who's a PT now, and she's still in Sioux City, and she's a PRC now, says, like, I just took this course from this guy in Lincoln, and I think maybe you'd be interested. And they're doing a course in Norfolk, Nebraska, in a couple couple months. You should go to it. And it was a protonics course, and I came and learned about protonics. And it was the first time somebody actually started to put some pieces together. And that was, hey, this hamstring thing isn't just a hamstring. It's not just an inanimate object that's too tight or too loose or too weak, whatever, in your body. It's... It actually has some connections. And of course, the course is geared towards, well, if you do this protonics thing, you get a hamstring, you can help knee pain. Right. Yeah. I've seen the device. And yeah. We talked about it's it, like actually. It's like old school. Like, yeah. It's like old school PRI. It was like how he had to kind of get yeah. started because yeah. he needed something. That people with a biomechanics mindset would mm-hmm. understand. Well, if we can just affect the rotation of that femur, we'll get the kneecap lined yeah. up. So it's not the kneecap's fault, it's the femur's fault. Like that was the initial like why. Yeah. But what struck me was not the kneecap thing was, and of course, you know how these courses go. Well, now watch what happens to this neck, right? And you go, wait a second. Oh, so he was even doing that stuff. 
Right. Because he, I think. And shoulder. He knew it all. Yeah. Right? He was. He, just didn't need to he, he didn't do know. one piece yeah, at a time he, for the public. Yeah. So, but he would just, you know, he would just throw those little <laughs> tidbits in there. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, yes, this neat thing is pretty cool. And that's what this course is about. Watch this. You know, and then just yeah. little magic. And he's like, well, somebody finally kind of can put these pieces together. So that was kind of, you know, the initial hook. Yeah. We all have our initial hook. Wow. And so I took, I don't know how many courses I took right off the bat. At that point, there was lower half and upper half. Oh, wow. Right? So there's two. And this protonics course. So it wasn't even myokin or postural, but it was lower and, yeah. and upper, right? And then and then there was a cervical course and I took that. And then and then and I got married along the way, I met my wife in PT school. We met over a dead body, long story. We could talk about it <laughs> in PT school, so that's where that kinda of comes from. And after we got married, we moved back up to North Dakota, which is where she was from. Okay. Where people had never heard of PRI. Sure. So now now I'm back in this world where I'm trying to like drag people along and and everybody's still doing sleeper hold stretches oh, yeah. and all these things. Oh, we and, still have that now. Oh, I know. We still do. I and I, I'm sure some of my coworkers are still kind of doing that. But there's a couple that you kind of like, oh, they kind of get it. And now there's yeah. a good little hub in North Dakota. Now there's some people that... Oh, good. Students that I have that have taken courses and are now, you know, athletic training teachers in the colleges. And so you can kind of see those little bubbles grow up, which is kind of cool. But still started taking courses. And after a while, my wife's sister moved away and then her parents got to the age where they were going to move away and they're like okay we're the only ones left in North Dakota yeah. like we don't really want to be here anymore <laughs> not that we don't want to be there but like we're ready for something different yeah we don't have any family around it's cold we were working in a hospital it was really it was fast paced and it was 20 patients a day and you get a half hour valves and at that point we had three kids and my wife had dropped down from working full time and then she was working 20 hours a week and then she had just kind of decided you know what it's just not even Worth your time. I'm, I'm yeah. working to pay for daycare. Yeah. Like, so she's gonna stay home. It's like, well, it's just me. So we started looking for jobs, and there happened to be an opening at the clinic. Wow, timing. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, and I was like, well, that'd be kind of cool. Unless my wife was like, yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Like, we have no connections to Lincoln at all. Wow. Like, I've driven through Lincoln. I'd come to courses in Lincoln, but sure. no, nothing. So. I applied and came down and met Lori and Ron and everybody and got hired and rest, kind of history. rest of history. When was that? That was 2011. Okay. Yeah. So you've been here for so, so quite some here. time yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. It's yeah. a good background. So, yeah. And then from once I get here, then you're really actually finally able to really just jump in and do yeah. PRI. Because before it was like, you're doing PRI, but you're also like... Well, there's integration and all that aspect yeah. here and you're... Surrounded by the top, so yeah, yeah. It's completely in, tw- in 2011 is about the time PRI Vision was kind of starting, so we hadn't actually added onto the building yet. But pretty soon after I got here, we were building an addition onto the building to, yeah. to house PRI Vision, and so that was just kind of in its infancy of development. So it was kind of a good time to get started. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So, okay, so you told us a little bit about your background, and then I want to talk about Prime itself. Okay, yeah. So. We're here right now, and what's across the street, and just, like, tell us a little bit about what you're doing here and yeah. why it's different. Well, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of where I started with vision. And so as you get here and you start realizing that PRI is, I mean, there's so much you can do with PRI, and then you start seeing patients that even PRI stuff doesn't work with. Right. Right? Which is, you say, man, this shouldn't be that hard. Right. And you go, well, there's obviously here, you bring Ron, and he goes, oh, well, they just need to do this magic trick. and, they, and they, So you start to, to realize that there's these other pieces of this puzzle that actually make PRI work better, right. and you don't have to work so hard to do your PRI, and, and you kind of go, oh, that's kind of fun. So then we had dental patients, and the vision was just growing, and so Heidi was here, and we were seeing PRI vision patients, and, and that was kind of a progression of here, well, we need to do this, and then we need to do that, and it kind of, over the years, it got, you know, it got streamlined and progressed, and how we did that. And then we were seeing a lot of patients that were 
they were coming from all, all over, and maybe they came from Minnesota, and they had a splint by a dentist in Minnesota, and they had gotten Paul Coffin orthotics, mm -hmm. and they came to see Heidi and Ron, and they got glasses. And then we were trying to fit all these pieces together, yeah. and people were still struggling. They weren't getting better as well as we thought they were going to get better. Right. And so it turned out that, that we are like saying, okay, well, if you have a splint and then we get your glasses, now all of a sudden that splint doesn't match the glasses that you have. Mm. Or the effects that you got before you got the splint now don't match. So Changes, the, we have yeah. all these pieces that just weren't quite fitting right. So people are still struggling, or they do well for a while and then things would fall off a bit. Mm -hmm. So in my opinion, or in my kind of experience, we started figuring out, well, we just have to kind of really streamline that process, make sure all those pieces. So then they'd come and we have to do vision. Then we have to go find a dentist and have those splints recalibrated yeah. from a dentist. And they said, well, why don't we just do it all at the same time? Yeah. So we started, especially people who didn't have that, or they came from a PT that didn't have a dentist or didn't have a, mm -hmm. right? And they just could recognize that this is an issue. Yeah. I don't know what to do. I can't move forward. So, well, we can get all those tools and set up a roadmap of now you have these tools, now you can move forward. Yeah. And if you've got a PRI person that kind of understands the progression after that, just getting the tools is it's just a huge step forward. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing too is like this is especially important for people that have been trying PRI for a long time. So long. They've done techniques for two plus years and they're not noticing those changes. Mm -hmm. And you've heard probably Lori say this in classes and, and we say it with our patients, like, like you should be in a good position and Four, Lori goes through, she's three, she's good. She goes three visits. Like I say, four to six. I agree. Right? If you're not staying neutral, seeing progress in four to six visits, there's no sense in something else is pounding your head against yeah. the wall. So, because the hard part is we see people and oh, I've been doing this AFIR stretch for two years. It's like, and now my hip is finally neutral, but the rest of me isn't. Well, actually, you know what? Your hip isn't actually neutral. Now you just created more <laughs> problems than you actually solved. Yeah. But, yeah, and a, another thing too is people will do this stuff and not wear a good shoe, and it's like, oh, when you're at home and you're trying to do the stuff, just get in a good shoe. Uh, yeah, so and we and have that podcast with Lori on yeah, shoes. Yeah, and for some for some people, that's that simple. Yeah, right. For some people, it really is. It's yeah. just a new shoe. It's crazy. Yeah, or get out of a bad shoe. Yeah, right. So it, it can be that simple, and that doesn't have to cost me this shoe. That. And for some people, it has to be. Well, you need go go buy the shoe right. from the shoe store. Don't have to. Don't let them. You yeah. got this one. That's what you need. Yeah. I don't care what they say. That's the shoe you need. Yeah. And people get it. And when we could finally actually show people, so that's one thing that we have that that's different here. When I first got here, is well, we have a whole bunch of shoes. Oh, so, here. Okay, yeah. So okay, walk, and yeah. you can show people. Okay, now look, and you see these videos all the time, and it's so powerful to say, okay, just I'm not gonna do anything else. Just put the shoe on. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I'll do that remember, with my own shoes. Remember, remember those four exercises we had to do to get you to, to yep. for that hip to drop. Okay, now we just did all those four exercises by walking up and down the hall. Okay, right. now we can move forward. Yeah, oh, that's, that makes sense. Yeah, so, it's like a step of progression that people yeah. don't always think is that important because yeah. they're like, oh, it's just a sneaker; it's not that big of a deal. But it actually is a huge deal. Yeah, for figuring out where you're at on planet Earth. Like yeah, the first thing I do is get you back on planet Earth. Yeah, if on planet Earth, we got no place to no place to start with. Right. And then here at Prime, you're seeing people from all over, not just the U.S., but also other countries. So yeah. tell us a little bit about how that process works. I actually will talk after, but I did send a pa two patients to you. Yeah, I think, I think they're I coming know. in soon. Yeah, yeah I think I so saw we'll talk about it. We'll, but we'll, we'll chat later. Yeah. It'll be fun. It's either a lot easier or a lot harder. Because yeah. sometimes the hardest patients to treat are the ones that have been doing PRI for two years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they come in and they say, okay, well, so what? I have this now. I have these glasses and the splint. They're tools. They're not treatment. They're tools. Right. But I'm going to go back and keep doing the same thing I was always doing. Oh, it's so, like well, a lifestyle change. Yeah, now we have to actually kind of change the whole way you think about what you're doing with PRI. Not not really, but kind of. 
Because yeah. a lot of people that, that aren't thinking integration-wise or don't have those tools, they're really still in kind of a biomechanical PRI world, right. which is how PRI is taught. Yeah. It has to be taught because we're teaching to people who have biomechanics backgrounds. Yeah. But as you know, PRI is not Mm-mm. really a biomechanical issue. Sense. The pelvis is forward, but it's not just that the pelvis is forward. It's the neurological tension that's created yeah. puts the pelvis forward. So it's all neurological in nature. Yeah. So if we still have, we have two years of this, excuse me, have this two years of this biomechanical, like I got to get my pelvis in the right spot thought and always say, you know, I got to do is just feel your teeth. Yeah. It's kind of a mind shift. Yeah. So when I get somebody that's yeah. maybe we've done a telehealth with and, or they've done telehealth with maybe you or with sure. Casey or with Neil or all these people that are PRI people that are doing, they say, you know what, you should just go to Nebraska because you've got you got an eye thing and you got your teeth or a thing and you, you just need all the tools, just go. Yeah. And they don't really have a bias and they're yeah. kind of a blank slate to work with. It's a lot easier. Yeah. And let's like break down a little bit like what we're doing with the vision and what we're doing with dental. Sure. So people have an idea because we're talking integration and this is integration. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, so yeah. Just to bring back what Prime yeah. is. So Prime just said, we're going to take these, primarily these three big pieces, your feet and your shoes, yeah. where you're on planet Earth, how your head fits on top of your neck. Mm-hmm. which is your, your occlusion, and how you position yourself in space around you, which is your vision, vision. Yeah. and say, well, those three systems need to kind of match each other. And if they all match each other, well, then now we're ready to, we're ready to, to roll. Right? So Prime said, okay, we're going to do that. We're just going to take control, be control freaks, and not be nice people and say, well, gee, that's okay, just do that and do this. And yeah. Your dentist can do this and your guy. And we still have to do that with some people. Sure. And when people come here, so they're ultimately leaving with the things that they need right. to work, like like you said before, their tools, they're not the treatment. So yeah. now you're at a different starting point. Like someone's starting point might be just they need a new pair of shoes. Somebody else's starting point right. might be that they also need a dental splint, and somebody else might be that they need all three They need the whole, the whole shebang. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it just depends on the person, yeah. their history, their lifestyle. And what they've done and yeah. what kind of information they need to get yeah. to, to, to get in a position. I t- tell people, because I... You know, if you were going to go somewhere for a week and figure out you want, you'd want to know, well, what am I getting out of this? Sure. Right? I'm going to spend some money. I'm going to stay in a hotel. I'm flying out there. I'm yeah. spending this money. What are we getting for this? And that's what it is. We're getting you to the starting line of your rehab, mm-hmm. which is, can I get into in a neutral state and stay in a neutral state? And once right. you're there, that's when you can start to rehab. Yes. And, and people work so hard to get to the starting line. Especially now with society and the way society right. is. Yeah. I feel like it's even hard. It's probably, I'm sure you see different cases now than you did 15 years no, ago. Yeah, yeah. It's, I'm sure. Yeah. And it, it's the good the good thing, the bad thing is that as people are kind of getting on the, this neurological component, mm-hmm. partly because we're seeing a lot more neurological symptoms. Yeah. It's not just chronic back pain and right. TMJ and migraine headaches anymore. Now it's POTS and dysautonomia POTS. and it's yeah. heart palpitations and it's... Ehlers-Danlos, they all go together. Yeah, unexplained seizures and it's yeah. dystonia. It's weird stuff now, right? Not really weird, but it's weird stuff. It's like wired in with everything else and that's like a true neurological... Like yeah. they're, They came to you before maybe for back pain, for which pain. was still neurologically right. based, but now they're having neurological So it kind of issues. makes, it almost makes a little bit more sense. Yeah, to what you're it's treating. The same, it's the same treatment. It's the same, yeah. 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 So those three kind of big puzzle pieces, like, and of course there's other puzzle pieces, as you know, that, that sometimes we have to kind of integrate with, whether it's hearing or yeah. nutrition is a big one, or, yeah. or we'll talk talk later as we get going. For sure. M- mental health issues and those kinds of things that play mm-hmm. a role in, in these things for some people and not for others. But the three big pieces, and shoes is kind of an easy one, and feet is kind of an easy one. But as we start 
if we're building a, the foundation from the ground up and it's not really affecting change the way we should, mm-hmm. right? We, again, some people, hey, you just get the foundation set yeah. and, and everything falls into line. Same yeah. thing with working on a pelvis. Well, you get the pelvis in a good spot and the rib cage and the thorax and the neck and the head just fall into line. That's, yeah. Oh, that's, those are so easy. We love So those nice people. when it just works out like yeah. that. <laughs> but a lot of times it doesn't, right? And so then you have to start working from the top down. And then what I find is all that work you did on the foundation, sometimes you were working too hard on the foundation. Yeah, interesting. So, so then we had to go back up and say, okay, I'm, we're going to like time out, blank slate, let's pull those orthotics out for a second. Let's just get you in a good pair of shoes. And let's start building from the top down, which is you know, the house analogy things we use kind of fall apart in that direction. And that's where we're figuring out where you're at in space visually and figuring out how your head and neck relate, relate to each other mm-hmm. come, into a, come into a huge. Because that's really what's driving the show. Yeah. Like the bottom isn't driving the show. That The top down is what's driving do the you, system. Do you think you see more top down driven people at Prime? I yeah. mean, I would assume. The reason they're there is because they're top down driven. Right. Because the bottom up driven most clinicians can handle. And, and often even those people, hey, you just get them on a good traditional PT program. And they're okay. They'll do fine. Like PT is not a bad profession. Yeah. Great things, but. Not for someone who's top down driven. Right. For certain things that just don't have that. Same thing with, hey, I I know myokin and pelvis great and I just do excellent work with it. I'm sure for a lot of people you're going to do fine. Yeah. But there's a percentage that just don't. And that's what we see. So, yeah. so those two big pieces, the dental piece and the vision piece, really are looking at your neck and then just your overall orientation of where are you, yeah. which is the big thing. So to break that down a little bit, dental is really, and that, my two-minute speech to patients are, yeah, it's perfect. are the way your teeth fit and the yeah, way that they feel, thing. right, when they fit, is one sense that your brain uses mechanically. So we can talk mechanics. If you want to talk mechanically the way they fit, positions your jaw socket and we, so we sure. can talk mechanics if you want to it's a deal right because you got people have weird bites and that mechanically is affecting them or the way that they feel when they fit is what your brain is figuring out where your head is in, at in relationship to the rest of your body or the rest of your neck i think the dental part too is kind of hard yeah. for dentists to grasp but it's also yeah. very hard for because they're dentists to grasp like yeah. they just think like oh how does my teeth affect my posture yeah. that's i get that question a lot yeah and it's like well how your brain understands how it's they the, feel together yeah, is going to affect you. And, the, and you, you can dive as deep as you want and yeah. dive, but that, those ligaments and the, the nerve endings of that system are so highly sensitive, yeah. right? If you stepped on a grain of sand, you wouldn't know it. But if you had a grain of sand in your food, you're going to know it in a heartbeat. Mm, that's a really good right? analogy. So, I never thought about it. So like that. if just that little bit of issue is going to bother you, okay, well, we know that something's, that system is really highly tuned. Yeah. So you can have people with good bites, from a dentist's perspective, their teeth fit fine, mm-hmm. right? They're not malclues. They don't have crossbites. They, everything touches. But the way they fit and the way they feel is associated with a bad postural position. Right. So I have those people. They've been through braces. They got perfect teeth. Yeah. And a crappy neck. Interesting. Or a crappy Something head, that doesn't say right? neutral. Right. And you say, man, your teeth are perfect, but they're in the wrong position. Because your body's in the wrong position, right? Those are actually the hard ones to treat. Yeah. I can have people with bad teeth that match a bad neck. Well, that kind of makes sense. Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm missing two teeth, and I have this one that interlocks here, and we take them away, and hey, everything moves better. That's well, that makes sense. Yeah. And you can have people with bad teeth from a dentist's perspective that matches a good body. So you have people that have malocclusions and crossbites, and that bad <laughs> bite is good for their body. I've seen that too. Right. So why would That's we dress? Why would I dress that? 
Right. Like, I'm not a dentist. It's not causing issues, then it's no, not so, causing issues. So I'm not going to deal with that. Yeah, that's interesting. Right? Or a good bite with a good neck. Well, that would be the ultimate goal, right, sure. for all of us. So the issue is then I'm not a dentist. I'm not treating the bite. I just want to know how is that bite impacting how you hold your body, how you hold right. your head on your neck. Right. And if there's an influence, well, then we should address that. Yeah. And so the splints initially, now, if you've been to courses or whatever, yeah. people start with tongue depressor. We'll just stick a stick something in there. Like a popsicle stick. Popsicle stick. Yeah. Or uh, yeah, we would use little dental appliances yeah. or over-the-counter yeah. things. And then, yeah. hey, walk around. Does that change anything? Oh, yeah, I feel heavier. I feel lighter. Well, my neck moves free. Okay, well, I know there's an impact. Right. Yeah. That was just an eraser. We erased any impact that the way that they fit and the way they feel have on what your brain is trying to figure out. Now it's relying on other systems. Yeah. Well, namely your feet and your eyes. We'll get there. So we erase that that input and things change. Okay, we know we got to do something about that. Yeah. Now the specific splints that the dentist will use are erasers. So if you just got a flat plane splint, that's an eraser. Right. Which some people just need an eraser. That's fine. Yeah. But once we start to then actually calibrate it and put guidance rails on it, and bumpers in certain spots so you can feel certain things when you move certain directions. Now we're kind of guiding you. So we're not just erasing your old pattern. Giving you a new We're one. getting you a new yeah. sense of, hey, well, here's where you actually should be. Right. When you go to the right, you feel this. When you go to the left, you feel this. Right. So we're erasing the old pattern. We're giving you guidance to the new pattern. Well, it could be so powerful. Right. It, and it's amazing. Now, if we don't know where you're supposed to be when you give those guidance, because your brain still thinks you need to be over on your right leg, mm-hmm. we can give you a great appliance, but your brain still thinks you need to be on your right side. Mm-hmm. So then we have this tug of war now between your, what your eyes are telling you where you should be and where we're trying to position your neck with this appliance. So that can lead to problems. Yeah. Yeah, so now let's kind of go into the vision Which takes aspect. you to your vision, right? Yeah, because vision is something that I think... I think with dental, because there's an occlusion course, yeah. people are people kind of can kind of get can it. Can get it more. And dentists can kind of get on board when you can just show a dentist, hey, just when they and feel that, this, just watch this, and they go, yeah. oh, they love it. I can do that. Yeah. Like they they don't know it. No, I don't because think they, they haven't been taught it. I tell people, dentists care about your teeth. Good dentists care about your teeth. Yeah. Because that's their job, yeah. right? They want your teeth to be happy. They want you to grind them down, and they don't want you to make sure they're in the right spot and your roots are good. Really good dentists care about your jaw joints. Because for whatever reason, they decide they like jaw joints. Yeah. Right? And if you have a super excellent dentist, they actually understand that you have a neck associated with, with your jaw. Yeah, and but, it's like not even just the neck. Because when you're changing someone's bite, you could change how they feel at the pelvis. Right. But, yeah, the dentist don't even, I mean. No. It's a hard conversation. Even the dentist that we work with, they get it, but they don't really. Yeah. But if you can talk to a dentist about a neck, because that at least makes some sense. Yeah. And they actually did dissections of neck muscles because they did all this stuff. Yeah. Oh, I can impact a neck. That's kind of cool. Yeah. And then when they kind of start to be, well, that has an impact on the rest of the body. They yeah. go, oh, now I'm in. Now I'm in. Because it makes sense. It makes And when you see it, yeah. I think the biggest thing, like the biggest seller for even just patients, but is to actually see the change. Yeah. For patients, too. Yeah, for patients. and But also for clinicians that you might want to work with. Yeah. But yeah, let's go into vision. Because yeah. vision is where I'm fascinated, yeah. too. To figure out where that leads. So your visual system is really cool. And, and that's something that I got interested in when I first started. Again, partly because PRI vision was growing when I first got yeah. here. So I was like, well, you have time. Go over and hang out with, yeah. with Ron and Heidi and see what they're doing. And it was like magic shows all day long. And it, yeah. you're like, what? How is this working? But it's the eyeball is really just chunk of your brain that's sitting there that you have access to right right and so when you start thinking about vision not as a a clarity thing i mean that's its tool right but why do we need to see clearly well we need to see clearly because we have little words that we have to read on phones and yeah but for most of humanity we didn't have to 
we didn't need clarity of vision. Right. There's no point to clarity of vision. Right. Yeah. Do I need to see all the leaves on the tree? No. Do you know there's a tree there? Yeah. You just need to see if there's a tiger over there coming yeah. at you. That's it. Yeah. What, you need movement and you need space. Where am I at compared to that? What's moving around me? Yeah. You know, those kinds of things. And that processing of, of space and of movement and of shape is all that ambient processing. It's all tied to your proprioception of where am I at. And that's the information that our brain really wants for posture. Yeah. Now, once we start to have to focus on things, it's like, okay, there's movement. Now, was it a tiger or was it just the wind, right? right. That's when you focus in. And, and as you start to focus on what that actually was, that would be a sympathetic response. That would be a, am I going to have to run? Am right. I going to have to fight this or am I cool? Yeah. Right? And then for a moment, okay, I'm cool. Yeah. And then you go back to where am I at, right? So for most of humanity, we lived in a world that was 90% or more ambient processing mm-hmm. and a little bit of focal vision every sure. now and then. And now we live in a world that's 99% focal processing <laughs> or more, and we never really care about where we're at because we're 100% of the time focused on a little teeny screen or a little teeny yeah. words. And so that sympathetic activity is going really high. And we've decided that we need to see really clearly. So you can have seven or eight different surgeries to see really clearly. Mm-hmm. Like we got a place in Omaha. They're proud. We have eight different ways. What, like LASIK? And yeah, LASIK, RK, whatever. I don't know. I don't know. All like, that stuff. So, yeah. if, so if one doesn't work, we got the surgery for you. We can get you to see as clear as you possibly can. A lot of optometrists don't even agree with LASIK. There's yeah. a lot of articles recently about yeah. LASIK that came well, out. Thank God. I did see in the New York, I think New York, New York Post Times, came yeah. out with one. Because well, what, what they're finding is, okay, these people had LASIK and now they're coming to my office and they can't see. Or that they're having like severe dry eyes, yeah. which is very uncomfortable. Yeah. They have problems. I mean, it's those old, that's the old surgeries. Now the new ones. Yeah, sure. They're better. I don't know about that. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know either. I don't either. And certainly for the right person and the right reason, I'm not opposed to it. Oh, I am. <laughs> but I, I put big caveats at the very beginning for the right person and the right reason. I'm not, yeah. right? I just, but elective for, surgery to me for, is not. For most people, point. what's the point? It's, yeah. it's vanity or convenience, which it's is. It's convenience, yeah. Which is, for sure. I mean, whatever. But even the optometrists, their job is to help people see clearly. Yeah. Right? You don't go to the eye doctor and say, hey, doc, I, I see too well. <laughs> yeah. Right? You go, I think you're getting blurry. I can't see my phone as well as I used to be able to see. I can't, you know, I can't read the stop signs as well as I used to be able to. And so their job is to create clarity. Yeah. Which, on top of a patterned brain that says, I want clarity more on one side than on the other, and right. I want to use that system to, to position me in, in a certain position, they st- we start to use that focal vision now to reinforce a pattern of, well, I'm just going to lock in in this position. Right. And I think that's a hard thing to grasp with vision is that sometimes when it's not the right prescription for the person, it's just pulling them over more to the pattern that they're dominant in. And so that's why we want to make a change if they need that to help them lateralize to the other direction. Or figure out where they're supposed to be normal. Yeah. 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 Find their norm. Yeah. So anyway, we have this profession and their job is to get people to see clearly, which again, in our world, if you can't see clearly, it doesn't help you. So if you can't see clearly, and you're straining to see, you're creating more tension than, yeah. you, than we want. So clarity is an important sure. It's an important thing, right? We have to be able to see clear because we live in a world we can't go, well, I could go move to Africa and go live in the bush and not worry well, about it. Well, and just clearly. look out in the distance all right. the time. And, uh, right, maybe and not have to worry about it. But we, uh, unfortunately, we don't have that, that luxury sure. uh, for most of our days. So clarity is an important aspect of it. But when that's the goal, sometimes we sacrifice good things to get to that goal. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people, and particularly 
as we kind of move through things, what we find is people are seeing too clearly. And they're overcorrected. They're overcorrected. Yeah. And they're overfocal. And they're mm-hmm. not only in their habits, but in their prescriptions. Right. And so what we try to do when we, once we get somebody into a neutral state with whatever tools we need to get them there. So well, let's back up a little bit. We used to really say, well, and we can do cool things. We can shift people's with where prisms, they're at. Yeah. With prisms and with all kinds of things. And we can force prescriptions on people and say, well, if you put this pair of glasses on, it's going to do this. And it does. But if they can't, process that and match it with other things, or they work too hard to see in that position, I think we start to see people that are struggling to really learn the things that we're doing. So over time, we've kind of tried to figure out, well, how do we help kind of meld this ability to to need to see with the ability to, to how to help them position themselves better? So instead of the vision being the first thing that we look at, which is kind of where we started, PR vision started things. We said, we need to match these pieces to this, this vision thing. We say, okay, well, actually, once we get the other pieces in place, now we have to figure out how do we make sure that person in that state can actually see well enough but have the right awareness of where they're at in space. And so so vision now becomes how do we minimize, first of all, minimize focal demand, either because I have to work too hard to see or because things are so clear I'm I'm living in a 4K, 8K world, which is very sympathetic, right? And there's, I've got so many stories of people that had LASIK surgery or whatever, and, and now they can see 2013, 2010, right? They're, I don't have problems with vision. I can see well. Well, actually, the problem is that... You can see so well. You see too well. Yeah. Right? We have to take it away. And then we give them 2020 vision, and they're like pissed because they, can, they can't they, see They can well, only see 2020. But functionally, their but, body but likes it better. But all of a sudden, they're more relaxed, and yeah. we can see those darn hamstrings let go again uh-huh. and then things move and they're like oh well I guess I move it but I don't know if I like this because we've been so programmed I just need to uh, yeah. uh, so but then that's tanks. that sympathetic psychological sympathetic drive yeah. that people just want to hang on to I and know, live it's, in it's hard to get rid of that and again that's a life and that's where people can say it's not about just getting your pelvis stuck if you can just let go yeah I can just put these on and go outside and go for a walk that's your 90-90 balloon yeah go, what, what do you mean that's remember you did that every day for three years to yeah. get yourself neutral and now you know, I don't care if you do that ever again in your life yeah you can I don't have a problem with it you, you could also just it. put these on put these on go for a walk yeah alright you're ready to roll well, now, let's, now let's move forward with things so reducing focal demand is the first one and then we still can kind of manipulate space we can make things seem like they're different but without necessarily shoving people into different into positions with a prism and says hey we're gonna we're gonna shift your whole world Six inches to yeah. the side. So you think you're over there. We're tricking you. Because yeah. brains get good at that stuff. They go, uh-huh. that was a good try. Interesting. So a lot of massive prism use, especially early on, we found we had a short window, like three months. To and, wear them. Yeah, because in three months, your brain's going to figure this out. And so then you take them off. Yeah, and then so if you've had this prism for three months or six months for some people, man, it, at that point, if you haven't learned something, the prisms are no longer doing you any good. Your brain's adapted to that. That's interesting. That so reference. basically, if you're in that prism for more than three months. Unless you have an actual eye alignment issue. Sure, right? unless which there's is a, a Which is a problem, right? And that's a whole other story. Right. But, but if you're just a normal human and we just put prisms on you to shift you over on your left leg or to tip the ground at you so you feel like you're walking up a hill, yeah. which we still will do. Sure. But it's a short term. That's the kind of the icing on the cake now, not the okay. not the treatment. So then you come back, and then you can kind of rearrange their techniques and then yeah. take them out of a prison. Yeah, the goal is to get away from all that stuff. Sure, right. right. Well, same with the orthotic. Same with the orthotic, and the same foot. with the foot. You, should, you know, 
I wore them for like six to eight months, and now if I wear them, I get back pain. I can't wear them anymore. Yeah. Because I've grown. I'm. You don't need them. I don't need them. I'm yeah. They're actually restricting. Yeah, they stop me from moving. Biomechanically, you probably needed it at some point. I did at one point. Neurologically, you don't. Mm -hmm. Neurologically, you need to be able to move. Right. So once you're to the neuro part, well, just move. So that kind of, if you attribute yeah. it to the same thing as the feet, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. So what we, we do now is, again, reduce focal demand, and then we, we use lenses really to create space around people. Okay. Like pluses, right? I've yeah, read plus about and, that. Yeah, plus and minus. So minus lens, a lens that helps you see distance, mm -hmm. typically, creates space base that's smaller. Mm -hmm. So if you were to look through some, like you look through my glasses, if you hold them out in front Oof. of you, don't, yeah, they're, but look out, I'm kind of blind. But, yeah, I but see that. everything gets small. Yeah, everything right? does get small. Right? So we're kind of blind. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty blind. <laughs> <laughs> no way sick though. <laughs> Things get small. Yeah. Now plus lenses, old people know that plus lenses make the menu bigger so you can actually read it. Right. Right, so less minus is more plus. Right. So we don't have to necessarily go, well, we have to give you reading glasses and you have to walk in all day and have everything. But if we can make space bigger on maybe one side or space smaller on, on one side, we can start to kind of change the way you orient yourself based on actually just the way space sees around you. So would that be better to do sometimes than a prism just because that's not actually forcing somebody yeah. to move over? It's You're just still like, hey, I don't know what's going on, but I feel I just can tell I'm on my left leg a little bit easier. I don't have to work hard to get over here because yeah. your brain now thinks that the world is actually a little bit bigger on your left side than on your right side. And when you start digging into eye prescriptions, we see a lot of people that their prescriptions that the optometrist gives them or that, okay, how about this, the patient asks for when they go to the optometrist. Sure. Which one's better, one or two? Which one yeah, do you like? Yeah. Uh -huh. So the, the patients tell the, the optometrist what they want. Sure. And they want more space on their right side. And more focal demand on their left side so they can orient themselves off to the left side. And that's what you're saying, that's what like patients would typically want yeah. because their pattern is orienting. And that's what that we'll way. see. We'll see more yeah. minus correction in the left eye sure. compared to a right eye because yeah. they want it because they want actually space over here. So they don't sure. really like the clarity as much on this side. They, they do, just, but they don't. Right? But that's what they ask the doc. Oh, no, I actually prefer this. Yeah, interesting. And just by kind of tweaking that a little bit. And I know this is something that, that Jason will do. He said, well, I'm just going to switch that. I'm just going to give you a little plus here, a little minus here. So how do optometrists, well, I know here you have an optometrist that is open it's to It's the exact same working. scenario with the dentist. Yeah, it just we takes have a, time. We've, again, moved away from we have to force a prescription on you. Mm. Like, you need this because this is what's going to be good for you. Right. Which, no, there's some people that we have to say, you know what, you need this. Yeah. Same thing with shoes. Hey, we got you in a good state. We put a stick between your mouth. We got you in a good pair of shoes. You test out pretty neutral, as long as I don't have your glasses on, right? So right. now we're just going to start from scratch. What do you need to see well? And then how can we make sure we orient space around you so you can balance on your left side as well? You can balance on your right side right. and maybe bias you a little bit left so that so you make it a little bit easier. Just because we're that. already biased so far to the right. Yeah, so and we can do that. Like to clarify that for people listening, we're human, so we're all biased to the right. Right. Regardless right. of who you are, we what have, you do, some it, people it, are going to be more biased than others because of history. And what you've done to yourself, right? Yeah, so that, yeah, that inherits. And that's, again, just to really, really back up, that's the beauty of PRI is that it gives you a framework of yeah. to, ex to explain. It doesn't matter what people show up in front of you with, whether it's back pain or knee sure. pain or dizziness or whatever. It gives you a, it just gives you a, a worldview or a framework to say, well, here's how it should work and here's where yeah. you're at. And, well, that explains why right. you, your brain has decided to do this. And now, that's now what I love about PRI. Yeah. Is just, that you could just, just go, oh, okay, this matter. is the next. I tell people I care a lot about your symptoms, but I really don't. Sure. <laughs> 
I get that. Right. You know, I have another, I guess this is a more combined question, vision and dental. Sometimes yeah. you can have somebody refracted with a guard in if mm-hmm. they've already had their guard made, or like you just said, with a stick in. Mm-hmm. Now, when you talk to sometimes an optometrist about that, they'll kind of be confused mm-hmm. as to why, because you're not going to be wearing, you're not wearing your guard all day. You're not wearing a stick all day. Yeah. But can you explain that? Yeah, stick? so it goes back to trying to match those inputs up. I want the visual input to match the position of the neck. Yeah. And if by putting a stick in your mouth allows you to orient your neck so you actually can accept space on your left side, yeah. just by doing a regular, the optometrist doesn't even have to know what the heck he's doing. Yeah. Oh, well, you actually don't need as much correction on that eye anymore. Yeah, because it changes how your neck is sitting. Right. And it's not that you don't need more correction. But I actually kind of like space on that left side now. Right, okay. And they'll give you a better prescription. I know the first thing we do, and with the optometrist we work with, is get them neutral, and we just, I say, okay, Steve, just refract their eyes standing up with the lights on. Why lights on? Because that's how you live your life. Ah. I don't live my life with my neck in a little thing with a dark room with bright light shining on me, right? That's a whole different neurological input for where I'm at. Where if the lights are on around me, I know where where space is at around me. If it's dark, I don't know where I'm at in the room. I'm gonna have to focus on something so I can figure out where I'm at. And I guess talk a little bit about standing refraction and then also standing adjustments when it comes yeah. to dental. Both of those things with PRI are, are such a we're di- taught to do. Yeah, so, yeah they're really important. Yeah, so. and, and that goes back to, to matching the third piece, which is are you on planet Earth? Yeah. Right. So if you're laying on your back and we get everybody lined up and then you stand up on, on planet Earth and you don't know how to manage where you're at when you get upright, now again we've got a mismatch. Well, what's going to win? Well, the old pattern's going to win just about every time, even if you have the right tools. So once we've got things figured out for dentally, in a chair, the last step is, okay, well, let's make sure we get you on your feet. Is it the same? Yeah. And often there's a little bit of a tweak. Sure. Well, that one tooth is a hitting a little bit heavy now. Okay, well, we tweak that because I want you to feel good standing up. Right. right. Especially if you're going to wear the guard to for activity. Or, yeah, yeah, for which, upright activity. Which is what we're going to use it for, not just right. for it is an anti-grind device you know, or I've, could be. I've noticed that people, when they do get an appliance that is fitted well for them, they don't grind as much. Yeah. Well, the, the reason people grind... I think, my opinion, there's lots of reasons why people grind. Sure. One reason why people grind is because they're trying to figure out how to get their head and neck in the right position. Yeah. And the teeth are in the way. Yeah. So they're trying to figure out, if I could just move that darn tooth out of the way, I at least get my head where it belongs. Yeah. And when you close your eyes and you're not on planet Earth, the only sense you have about where you're at is your teeth. Right. So your brain's trying to figure out, well, this doesn't make sense. Yeah. Right, if I could just go over it. And once you give them an appliance that says, actually, here's where you're supposed to be, they go, oh, thank goodness, I don't need to clench anymore. Right, and then you I go and get them refracted with that appliance, and now you're going to get a more true reading. Yeah, and oftentimes the optometrist say, well, it didn't change that much. There was a little less astigmatism on the one eye, and that could just be because whatever. And well, it could be. But or that could be change the, could be significant. Could be for, significant for that person. Yeah, because so 0.25 can be significant. It can be huge for some people. Yeah. And that's the kind of little tweak we'll make, and the patient won't even notice it. Right. Right? We'll say, can you tell that that's different? No. Right. Visually, they can't. But the body. But the body can tell it. Yeah, that's they so can, interesting. And they can feel it. And going back to the refraction we do standing up, and Steve, oh, yeah. Steve's bias isn't, hey, how can I get them to see as clear as possible? Yeah. His bias, when he works with us, is how can I take away as much of that refractive power as possible? He's gonna, his mindset is now biased towards, I don't want to give you more power to see well. Because right. people will take more. You say, which one do you like? Well, I like that one better. Well, can you actually see better with it? Because people actually, I like it better, but then you ask them to read more letters. They can't actually read more letters. Right. But they like it better. Because it's sharper. Yeah. The contrast is higher. and it's Right. right so they, it looks better. 
Sure. But then what functionally are they? Do they actually need it? Does it actually help them from a clarity perspective? And it doesn't. Right. And I would say 90% of people we see, if we just get them in a neutral state, put something between their teeth, turn the lights on, stand up and say, hey, let's refract, we're going to be able to take away some prescriptive power on probably 90% of people. Yeah. And you're doing and the refraction in left stance or just standing? Well, I start just standing. Yeah. Nothing fancy, right? Yeah. And let's just see what happens. Yeah. Right? And then often then we go, okay, well... They do pretty good, but they still can stand center on their right side or stand on the right leg better than their left leg. Okay, well, now let's do this. Okay, let's go over, back over, stand on your left leg, Properly. put your left hand out in front of you, Yeah. right? Be in a biased state, and now let's recheck your eyes. And now I don't right. have to do anything. The eye doctor takes over and says, oh, actually, they'll take more, more space on the left side now, or they need a little more clarity on the right side now because we've got them in a different perspective. And then now... It's like a shortcut to prisms Yeah. because you can actually just get the... And so then now they have a prescription that they can see well with right. that also works well with their body. So now they can wear that pair of glasses, not for a 20-minute time frame, hopefully over the next two to three months and learn something, right? Right. The clock starts ticking. Now it's like, hey. These are yours. These are your glasses. Put them on. Yeah, wear them. All day long. Yeah. There, there we go. Now, some people still need some prisms because sure. sometimes that's not quite enough and they still want to extend and they don't know how to get their body relaxed. And we can still use some of those those tricks to kind of force people if they don't respond naturally. Yeah. Like I said, that's the icing on the cake at the end of the sure. at the end of the thing, not the, hey, you got back pain, I'm gonna throw a big prism on you and see if we can get your back to show sure. which will work, but just won't last. Right, okay, because the brain will kind of yeah. outdo it. Yeah. That's interesting, okay. Yeah. I never even looked at it in this perspective, which is why I wanted to have you yeah. on here, to ask you these so, questions. So, so it doesn't have to be hard, but again, you have to have an eye doctor that's willing to talk to you. Or open-minded, yeah. He's open-minded, and really, it's very challenging to send somebody to an eye doctor and say, hey, would you just tell your eye doctor to stand up <laughs> and not overcorrect you? Yeah. Like, what do you mean not overcorrect? I don't overcorrect anybody. Well, right. that's not what we're... I mean, right. It's a well, hard it's because the it's a body wants that overcorrection, yeah. too. So yeah. it's like they're just giving you what the body is looking for. And, and a lot of optometry offices, there's, you know, you go to... Yeah. It's a small room. They're bouncing the light off of a mirror, and so they can't stand up because it has to be in this spot because that's the only way sure. the room is fit because they're in a small office, and you have the, it's all on a computer. They don't have like lenses they can move around. They yeah. just have to type it in the computer, and the whole thing automatically switches. Sure. And it's, I mean, I think it's a great job. Like, yeah, you just sit there and uh, there's cool. more to it. Sure, sure, sure. You like that one? All right, try that one. I like that one. You like, and, and, and there's a difference, I think, in. from what I've seen with regular optometrists and neurooptometrists. Mm-hmm. Like for me, neurooptometrists are way more open-minded, yeah. and, well, and they, they, they want to work. Well, if you find a one open-minded, right. so, so they so want to work with you. Yeah, that's the trick, just like Dennis. They at least understand that there's a connection between oh, yeah. between what you're doing with your vision and your posture. Oh, they, yeah, they, they do. totally get that, they right? They get it, yeah. Some optometrists get that. Yeah. Some. Depends on how old they are and what they've like kind of the been neuro exposed to. Makes a difference. The neurooptometrists, because they, they've gone to extra schooling to kind of get yeah. that. Yeah. The ophthalmologists are into eye health. Okay. Right? And they care about is the eyeball healthy? Do you have cataracts? Sure. And they'll give you refractions. When people see ophthalmologists, we're medical doctors who happen to specialize in eyeballs, Mm -hmm. not necessarily vision. They specialize in eyeballs. Like sight. Yeah. Yeah, there's a difference. It's a whole different difference. They don't get get it at all. Right. They don't even believe in vision therapy, most of them. Oh, really? Right? That's one thing I think neurooptometry is doing so good with. They have, you know, 
vision therapy and mm-hmm. for the people who need it, it's vital. Yeah. It could help with TBIs. Now, yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's huge. For the people who actually have vision issues. Yes. Now, we have people that don't have vision issues, but we have to use their vision as a tool. Right. Right. I so, think that's a really good comment. Yeah. Because our people, a lot of times that are coming to us, you're right. There's no, like, they don't necessarily have vision issues. issue. Like, they've got no dental issues. Right. I got perfect teeth. Sure. Perfect eyes. I see 2013 and I had braces when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Those aren't a problem for me. Well, actually, they're the biggest problem for you. Right. Because they're too good. Right. On top of a body that sucks. Yeah. Because the body is in one position. Right. Can't and move. it's stuck based on the way your eyes are so good and the way your teeth are so good. Yeah. They're holding you in that bad position. So for a neurooptometrist that's willing to help you is, is excellent. And it's a timing issue, right? So we'll see these people. I've already done eight weeks of vision therapy and right. prisms and whatnot. But that was the one tool, but they didn't have the matching tools underneath. Like body-wise, you're saying? Right. So the vision therapy was trying to work too hard to overcorrect something that they couldn't over. The reason that eye was light, was lazy yeah. was not because the eye was lazy. It was because the brain couldn't figure out how to use it properly because of yeah. the rest of the tools weren't in place to actually use the eye well. Right. So, that makes sense. So when Heidi was here and, we, and she was doing vision therapy, if she had kids that weren't doing well with vision therapy, she would know they have a body issue. Well, if that right. kid oh, doesn't know how to stand on their left leg or sit in a position where they can actually turn on their abs and breathe. Breathe, yeah. There's no way I'm going to get their visual system to work. Right. So well, that's, she, I think, right? yeah, I feel like prerequisite so can, can, to vision therapy we should can, be PRI. We can flip the coin, Yeah. Right? So hopefully we have neurooptometrists can also have the discussion of, hey, I've got a patient that's not doing well with vision therapy. Can, sure. we, can we look at that from the bottom up? And That's those so might be the kids that just need to compare shoes before they go to VT. Right. Especially because they're young or kids. Or maybe they should do VT standing up rather than sitting in a chair. Yeah. Wow, interesting. Right? So just, but just having the conversation. So if you have the, the biggest issue, can you have somebody has that conversation? Great. So the optometrist we use here now is just a general optometrist. Mm-hmm. And I've had more luck talking with general optometrists mm-hmm. who are willing to have a conversation because they're not biased. Right. So when you have somebody that's got 30 years of, of neurooptometry yeah. experience, and they've been using their tools and their way for 30 years to try to integrate. Some of them will, will talk to you. A lot of them don't. Yeah. Same thing with dentists. The yeah. TMJ cranial specialists, they're excellent, but they're specialists. And they're, they're going to do things yeah. their way. And, and some of them, are, it ruffles their feathers for somebody to say, well, mm-hmm. could we just there's a lot a little different? With airway right now, too. Like, yeah. there's a lot of airway specialists. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, it's great, but it can oh, be a thank God little, there's airway specialists. It could be a little dangerous when we're doing, like, different devices to pull jaws forward and nobody's looking at what's going on below. Yeah. I'm sure you've seen it. There's impacts from, so it's the same thing. Well, there's tongue tie releases or, which are important, right? And for the right person, Mm -hmm. people get tongue tie releases and it comes back. Right. Right. Talk about that a little bit. Why was it tongue tied to begin with? Right. Because the muscles around that tongue were so tight (laughs) to help them hold their head up in a position, not because they wanted their tongue to be tight. Right. So we released that, we released the one thing that they were using to hold themselves up with. Some people actually feel worse. Yeah. Well, if you don't do PRI prior, I think. Right. Yeah. So it's just a timing issue. Timing. Yeah. And there's people that have tongue ties that do fine. Mm-hmm. Just like there's people that have malocclusions that do fine. Oh, yeah, for it's just, sure. It's just not driving them. So just because you see something doesn't mean you have to treat it. Right. I think that's an experience thing, too. Like, yeah. definitely takes time to get there. And you, it's, as a clinician in, in my own PRI journey, it takes time to see all to see this. The, to see the pieces of yeah. the puzzle. Yeah. Because it's hard to fully grasp. It's hard to fully learn. It's hard to even get to the point where you're looking at it from a neurological perspective right. versus a biomechanical perspective. Yeah. That takes a long time. So for like people listening, that a lot of people that listen to this podcast are interested in PRI or right. clinicians themselves. Yeah. Yeah. That's why this is a specific episode for people mm-hmm. like that. 
and it's a hard mentality to get out of. Not that it's a bad mentality, but I, I mean, I just had a conversation yesterday with a guy I saw on Prime six months ago, mm-hmm. seven months ago. It's been a while since he's been here. Very strong, highly driven mm-hmm. athlete. Tore up his ankles big time. Okay. Bad malocclusion and a lazy eye. And a lazy eye. Oh. Right? Well, that kind of makes sense with so, ankles, too. Yeah. So, yeah, but the issue isn't his lazy eye, but yeah. he's got a lot of visual issues, sure. right? So he's done the, same, done the vision issues. And we talked, and he's like, you know what? I started doing some breathing exercises. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> what do you mean you started doing some breathing exercises? Well, I just started to decide I was going to focus on my breathing. The ones that you had given him, I'm assuming. Right. And so remember those ones we did, you know, six months? Well, yeah, but I've, I've really been working just on strengthening. I've been working on, right, he's an athlete. I've been, I just want to go lift heavy again. I want to do all these things. And I found if I just... Exhale more than I inhale, I feel so much better. <laughs> Why is that? Like, sometimes it gets back to those basic, yeah. simple things that, that, that are still a piece. Now, without, without an ability to get out of his bite and get into a pair of shoes that help stabilize his ankles yeah. and a pair of glasses that keep his eyes balanced so one doesn't completely let go because he's overusing one compared to the other, it's going to be hard for him to actually exhale. Sure. And he'd done that before. He'd done PRI before he came to see us. Sure. I did all that balloon stuff. I did all those breathing things. Yeah. Right, and so, and probably I didn't make a big enough deal about his breathing stuff because he'd done them a while. Because he needed to work on it, getting his ankles to work, and Other feeling stuff. his teeth, and feeling his, getting his visual system to integrate with that in that neurological world. But the biggest neurological piece was just, hey, can you breathe well? Yeah, that's an important takeaway too. Because sometimes right. people will jump to the so so just cause, level just because we've got now these fancy tools, right? It doesn't yeah. change really the the things you need to the do. The basics. But it makes it easier. I think after this weekend for me, that was like a huge point nailed in. Was yeah. just the basics are really, really important. Yeah. And if you miss out on the basics and you jump, yeah. that could be what's cool with with what especially PRT is what you did this weekend is that realm is has so much ability to be creative in what mm-hmm. you do with how do I implement these big picture issues? Because mm-hmm. when you can start to stop thinking about it as a well, how do I get that pelvis in yeah. a spot? How do, but how do I get the neurological system to accept that? Yeah. So it will happen. There's so many things you can do. Oh, yeah. And PTs who have yeah. been trained, and even PRI PTs have been trained yeah. in medical schools and in PT schools that are very biomechanical and very methodical and very, right? And that's the world we live in, orthopedic. Yeah. It's hard to get out of that mentality. Yeah. And um, I think and, a lot of professions are trained like that, not just... Which is why even know. PRI gets taught in a way that's very algorithmic based and very sure. well you got to get a hamstring first and then you get an sure. inner thigh and people say well you jump and you just say well now what happens if you feel your molar and now you can do all those things well what about that hamstring thing you got your it just kind of happens it's, it's not the ham it's don't have to go to a hamstring exercise you are what yeah. do you mean well you're actually standing on your leg so you're normally your so your hamstring is actually engaged yeah. you, can you feel your butt yeah okay well the only way you're feeling your butt is that hamstring's yeah. on and that goes back to the algorithm. Well, I can't get that glute meat unless I got a hamstring and inner thigh right. in place. But are you standing and feeling your butt? Yeah, I feel my butt now. Yeah. Okay, well, we've got it. Yeah. So it makes it easy. So in your world, it's a lot easier to get creative in that. I think some of our PT, my PT colleagues get so still stuck in the in the algorithmic based. And, and if you met PTs, we're pretty type A personalities. Uh-huh. Most of us, I'm not, but most of us are. And that's probably why I gravitate toward PRI. It's, it's hard to get out of that. Yeah. Out of that mentality. Yeah. I think there's a time and place for that sort of and algorithm. But then, and then, but then you, you go back to, and say, okay, now I don't have to work so hard. Yes. And I, I, I've I seen it act- firsthand. I can so actually do a, an upright standing hamstring activity. I don't have to go back yeah. and do a 90-90. Right. Yeah. You don't need to regress. I don't okay. need to go do a protonics exercise, right? right? It, 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 which is just a tool. Yeah. 
now we got to get you, we can actually functionally get you on your left leg and understand that you have a world on that side. Yeah, and move through space, alternating yeah. reciprocal, do all those things. And, 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 pro- and process the information around you unconsciously yeah. without having to think about it. Sure. You shouldn't have to think about my left abs every time I take a step. Right. And people do. They walk around. I know, because people, th- people take it to an extreme, especially really? New Yorkers. Yeah. New Yorkers are like, should I be sitting a certain way or, on the or, subway? Or, 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 I'm like, I, relax, I, I just people, relax. Yeah. Just take a breath. People have been pure. I come to tell you, you've been, you've been pureized. Yeah. <laughs> and I know, I know when I get somebody to come in and they're sitting on their left butt cheek and their and left shoulders down. They're trying so hard. How, well, how long have you been doing pureye? <laughs> Three years. I'm, but I'm trying to do yeah. pureye, not well, well, what hurts? Well, everything hurts. <laughs> well, why are you sitting like that? Because I'm supposed to, right? Yeah. <laughs> not necessarily. No. But you could. Right. Have you really looked at it? And this is something that, you know, Mike Mullen. Yes. Well. I talked to him. Two weeks ago. On right. The and he posted this a while back, and I just love it. Have you seen the PRI handout, the the home exercise program yeah. thing, the restoring alternation sure. in your life thing? And if you look at the front cover of it, have you looked at it? I'm sure. I was like a person like walking. It's Bobby Rappel, who's been here forever, and her husband, and they're walking. And she's got her first of seven kids on her on her hip, her right hip, right? And they've got sandals on. Oh, really? And Birkenstocks on. Oh, my God. I and actually think Birkenstocks are great. Yeah. Lori told me that about the Birkenstocks. Yeah, it can be great. Birkenstocks <laughs> make shoes, too. Did you know this? They're not uh, horrible. Really? Yeah. Well, because I had a patient anyway. that like was struggling with the PRI shoe, mm-hmm. and I asked when I did the podcast with Lori, I asked her about it. She was like, get her in a Birkenstock. And I was like, oh. Really? Yeah. And it helped her. Yeah. It was, And then now all I wear is Birkenstocks. <laughs> oh, Lori said it was okay. I can wear Birkenstocks. <laughs> That's yeah. what I- I'm, got, I'm running with it, yeah. Echo and Birkenstocks. These are Echoes. Yeah, they're shoes. I mean, they're they're shoes. You just have to know what shoes. to look at. Yeah. And so That's probably right. the number one, and she, I'm sure she told you the number one question. She gets says, well, which shoes for me? Mm-hmm. Well, it could be any shoe. It could it be a lot. It doesn't even have to be on the list. Mm-hmm. Right? You it's could just look around. Whatever gives your brain the, the sense that you want. But the front cover of that PRI thing is, it could be like a, show me all the things wrong with this picture, right? <laughs> Bobby's got her kid on her right hip, and they're in sandals, and they're yeah. holding hands. They're not swinging their arms, and they're, you know, they're staring at each other as they walk. You know, he's holding the dog, and right, the dog's pulling him, Right. <laughs> Like, why is that the cover yeah, of the, the PRI manual? Well, because that's normal life. Yeah. Right? You should be able to go for a walk with your husband. In a sandal. Put your kid in a sandal, put your kid on your yeah, right hip, hold hands, and smile. If everything is going right in your life, that that should be. That's our goal. That's the goal. Right? Yeah. That's the goal. The goal isn't wear your PRI shoes and sit like this and yeah. feel your left teeth all the time, right? Yeah. That's not the goal. But now if you open, the, open up the thing, Janie's on the inside. Every picture, she's got her good shoes on, yep. and she's showing you all the things to try to get to the point so you can take your shoes off and go for a walk yeah. and feel good. Like that's, yep. That is the goal. That the goal sense. isn't PRI. The goal is right. to get away from PRI. This is not a long-term The situation. goal is to go to your eye doctor, and because you feel good, the eye doctor gives you a good prescription that you need that makes you feel good and allows you to see good at the same time. Right. And you don't need anything between your teeth. Yeah. And you can wear whatever the heck shoes you want yeah. to wear. Yeah. That would be the goal, right? That's it. life. That's normal. Yeah, that's Now, life, some people yeah. still need something because sure. they've got issues. That's fine. The goal, then, is to peel away all those things. Yeah. And I think e- even for our prime patients, people that, that we see, that still becomes the hardest part. Just taking uh, them away. Taking things away. Yeah, yeah. I bet. I got, I got an e- email from a patient of mine, that, and I saw her a while back, and we have some, some more work to do. But the last thing we had to figure out how to do was to get her to be able to lay in bed without her shoes on. She's sleeping with them? Mm-hmm. And as long as she's up in the shoes, she was 100% fine. Wow. And she started with big issues, like big issues. Sure, I believe it. And she's doing great. I do great. So she saw me. She said, my appointment to come see me from, like, Florida. I don't know where she was at the time. She's all over the place. Well, hey, well, how's it going? Well, 
I still have to wear my shoes to bed. How can we get out of shoes it's to interesting. bed? Interesting. So that was the hardest thing to do is to get rid of the tool. That's so interesting. Well, we had to find another tool that, that helped her out, and, and so she could, and she got to wear it of her shoes. And she's wow. Doing, she's doing well. I can't imagine sleeping with shoes. That sounds yeah. so claustrophobic to yeah. me. But if it gives you ground, keeps you yeah, grounded, you ground. and allows your brain to say, "I'm safe. I know where I'm at." When I close my eyes and I don't feel my teeth. Yeah. And I have that sense of I know where I'm at in space now because I have these nice, good shoes Made on her my feet. feel safe, yeah. She could sleep and she was happy. Wow. She took them off and closed her eyes and she'd be in a hot mess. Yeah. Well, the, that, and that kind of goes to show the types of cases that you're getting here <laughs> yeah. at Prime. Yeah. You're not getting the typical average case. You're getting no. people who have been everywhere. Mayo yeah. Clinic. You're getting and people from everywhere. And they've seen lots of, I tell people, you know, you've seen lots and lots of really, really good people. Yeah. I don't think there's bad people out there that are, yeah. I mean, there's so bad. Sure. Right? But there's good people giving bad advice. Sure. In their, just because they're in their little realm and their little world and they don't know how to branch out. Right. right? So, so that dry needling you did wasn't bad. The chiropractic sure. treatment wasn't bad. The vision therapy wasn't bad. The, you know, I, you know the LASIK surgery wasn't bad. Well, LASIK is on, that's on another level. Or, in my yeah, mind. that jaw surgery that they said you needed that you had that made you have perfect teeth, right? Yeah. <laughs> For the right person, for the right reason, it was probably necessary. But unfortunately, we did it in the wrong, in the timing. wrong order. It was a timing issue. But people aren't giving you bad treatment. It's a matter of of working together and figuring out how to, how do we get all these treatments to I work together. I think that's really important what you just said about working together because you could get all these great treatments done at an optometry clinic, but then you need that to also communicate with the dentist. And that's why Prime started. We and had great vision stuff. That's we had great the key. dental stuff. We had great orthotics. And we still had people that are patients that weren't getting better. Right. And they won't unless there's a, like, especially complex cases, unless there's, like, that crossover. Yeah. So when it was one piece, they all did fine. Yeah. As soon as we had to start to kind of integrate several pieces, then it became sure it became more of, a, more of a challenge. And that's why we have Prime. And that's it. And once we have those pieces, I tell my patients, my Prime patients, our goal is to make you work a lot less hard than you had to before sure. you got here. I mean, that makes sense. Because a lot of those patients, they've been doing it. As long as they do my peer exercises three times a day. Yeah. I do okay. I'm managing it. Yeah. As long as I sit like this, I feel decent. Right, but that's not life. Right, but yeah, they can't. They can't go for a walk. They can't right. do anything. But they're managing, it, and they got all these great tools to manage it. But they're not actually getting better. Yeah. So I don't want you to have to sit like that all the time. Yeah. Which is to be able to be normal. Sure. Yeah, that's, I get that, it. That's the goal. This has been so interesting because I yeah. learned a lot too. Well, good. I'm but going I have on, a few, two more questions okay, for yeah. you. Where can people find you if they want to work with you yeah, and it, Prime? Yeah, so Prime it kind of started its own little entity. Now it kind of just fits underneath the Horusca Clinic kind yeah. of realm. It has its own dedicated website, so Prime Engagement with one E. So we combine the E, Prime, P-R-I-M-E, N-G-A-G-E-M-E-N-T, Prime Engagement. Which that website is brilliant. There's so much information on that oh, good. website. I'm glad, I've I'm glad to hear it. that. I think it's awesome. Because There's, I just spent... That was what I did yesterday afternoon. Is I'm, I'm, I want to update all the a lot of the content. I love the in, stuff on information. there. Just because that you have a description of each appliance, and you have the description of optometry. It's been I I've used it for well, myself. Well, good. I'm glad because I want to update it because I it's want it to great. be better than it. Yeah, is. even though I think it's great. <laughs> okay, good, which is wonderful. And that was pre-pandemic. That was kind of my baby pre-pandemic. Was to get that that website kind of up and going. So there's lots of good information just on kind of yeah. How did you get to this point? Like, so people are getting are at, at prime level. Like, how the heck did I even get yeah. here? Yeah. Right? How did things fall apart so bad? Well, it's just because we have all these different pieces that weren't addressed together. That's really right. the bottom line. Yeah. And it might have been an ankle sprain and, and a late, what it could could been like my, my athlete guy. But a lot of times it's just people just weren't putting the pieces together. And we just got to find, we, we know what the pieces are. Now we just put them together and we're, we're ready to roll. Yeah. So there's a lot of good information on that website. 
And then the Prusca Clinic website also has some information on it, but usually a lot of the prime stuff will point to that. So if we have people that have yeah. integration needs, yeah. we have local patients that maybe just need appliance or vision, and, and they don't necessarily go that route. We'll funnel that more through the clinic. I can be reached. I'm on Instagram. and I didn't even know you were on Instagram. Yeah. I'll okay. find you now. I think I'm Oh, good. I'm pretty sure. I have pretty, to follow you back. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure I do. <laughs> I'll find um, you. Either I do or the clinic does, because the, cl- the clinic has it. Prescott Clinic does, because I've yeah. tagged them. You know, actually, to be honest with you, I, Is that you? I, I probably do. Yeah, <laughs> I run that, so I probably follow more things through that. But the, the, I prefer the Horusca Clinic Twitter page rather than my own Twitter page, too, so for what that's worth. Like, Ron, like, sometimes tweets things, and I don't know if it's really Ron, but... No, it's totally Ron. No, if you, yeah. It's so great. If you can decipher it... No, but, but, so he's could, so I could decipher like a quarter of it. Right, and that's every conversation you have with Ron. I've seen some Ron. things that he's gone on Twitter and has said funny. Well, well, like, well great, obviously great things, but also and, one and time I saw something he said that was actually like actual Actually comedy. like humorous, yeah. 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 <laughs> and a lot of it is if you actually know what he's talking about. Because yeah. it'll be a case or a book he read or whatever. And it, when Twitter started, it, he was a little obsessive and compulsive because it was 140 characters. Like he had to try to figure out how to get... <laughs> Exactly, Concise. 140 Concise. Like, yeah, he can't do that. So that's why he loved it, because he can't say hello in under half an hour. So for him to try to create a thought in 140 characters, it was a really good exercise yeah, for him. And so I think get he back d- on it. So I think he does that a little bit more just to help him kind of get, how do I get this thought into this little concise? I think he's got 280 now, maybe. I don't know. 280 characters. Yeah, but so it's a little bit, not as much of a challenge for him. That's but, so funny. But it's good for, but yeah, 50 cent words. And so if I've only got 280, 280 characters, I got to throw the big yeah. words on. Yeah. Or the ones that he made up, which is fine. But yeah, so yeah, anyway, social media. The clinic has a website. I can be reached. You can call the clinic, that kind of thing. We just talked this morning. We do some online consulting, which can be challenging for patients that are at that level. But some people just need a... When we can start to say, well, we understand why you have that, yeah. that's, we kind of jokingly said, well, we do some telepsych sorts of things. Yeah. But a lot of it is if somebody actually kind of says, you actually understand why I might have these issues, because nobody else, my doctors don't understand. But it's validating towards people. It's very validating to hear hey. that their twistedness that they've talked to so many people about actually yeah. makes sense. Yeah, and I knew there was something with my eyes. I knew yeah. there was like that makes so that actually makes sense to you because yeah. I've been telling my eye doctor that there's something wrong with my eyes, and he said, "No, you're fine." I think there's something wrong. Yeah. Right. So that validation is fine, and that's all run through Prime yeah. primarily because we have there's legal issues with sure. treating as PTs across state lines. Oh, I know. And this whole, which is you make us a lot of nice but, so, so to not be a PT. But yeah, but as a consultant, as somebody that can just sit down and, and have a conversation with yeah. you, I I can totally do that. I just can't treat. Right. Officially, right, right. So let's run the lot through Prime, and then we can say, okay, well, we either need to find somebody in your neighborhood. And, you know, there's period people all over. Yeah, especially in the U.S. I think there's like 250 or something. Uh, even more. I think we're over 300 now, maybe. Probably, and then there's Whatever. people that are studying it that maybe don't have all the courses all, all or don't have certification that are still, you know, they're and brilliant. And sometimes the people reach out to us, reach out to us because they're, I mean, they Google whatever and they sure. end up on our on our site. And that's why well, I don't know, have you, but I've never, I've never even heard of this PR thing before. And so, yeah. and even people that want to come are like, sometimes it's good if you can find somebody local that at least yeah. understands your pattern, and e- even if they're not making progress yeah. with you. Just have somebody local that can yeah. communicate with you is excellent. Some people do and some people don't, and we can work with it with it either way. Yeah. We do some telehealth follow-ups with our prime patients, and we just kind of, again, manage kind of, well, what kind of activities are you doing? What kind? How are your right. appliances working? All those kinds of things. And, and it can be valuable. But if we run into those roadblocks, hey, we got to find somebody locally. That, so we right. reach out to a lot of people across the country to help us out with the patients. And we, we know who they are. So we are willing to definitely willing to talk to people. Usually we'll have people send in information before we do a telehealth consultation with yeah. them. We'll have them fill out 
the paperwork, which There's seems like kind of extensive. Yeah, it seems kind of extensive. It's like six pages or seven pages. I and think we, it's good because you it's have not to. horrible no. uh, compared to some places where you go yeah. and we're kind of banged up. But, and then we, got, we like to get pictures of how your teeth fit. Yeah. And we like to get pictures of what your feet look like. And I, we, I kind of want to know what the eye doctor saw when they saw you. Yeah. You know, and particularly, are your are your eyes getting worse? Are they your getting history, better? What's yeah. that visual? Is it getting sure. worse? Well, since that car accident, your vision changed or whatever. Yeah. We can kind of track some of those things. So it gives us lots of little clues that we can look at, and then we can ask questions. So it's a lot easier to have that information before going and say, "Hey, I'm yeah. Joe from wherever," and I don't because yeah. then we spend so much time just getting into those basics. So so a lot of times, a lot of people, you know, just send us your information, and we'll we'll chat about it. Yeah. And then the people that that don't have the local tools that they can utilize, yeah, we bring them in. Yeah. Amazing. And they're here for a week, and they get the tools they need. And I just want to give you a roadmap. And usually, I give people way too many things to think about and way too many things to do. Because well, it's a week, so it's yeah, I, I got three, four days to give you three, four months worth of things to do. Yeah, like, I don't expect you to do all. I don't expect you to do this all today. But once you can do this, you got to be able to do this. Yeah, and you that's do hard. This. And, and we're kind of hoping we get there. Yeah. And sometimes the road takes kind of windy roads, and that's okay. We can kind of recalibrate and come sure. on and figure out where to go. But it's really this place is uh, the gold it, standard. It's, it's so. Value. There's really nowhere else in the country that is doing this to this extreme level where it's kind of under one roof and you're able to tackle every all these different aspects of integration. Yeah, it's great. It's so, and it's so done fun. so well. It's so fun. And this is, regardless or not, and it kind of floored me when I moved here, is that, that the clinic and PRI are really separate entities. Yeah, I was... Which like, even when I, started, when I started working here, like, and that's when PRI was in that building, it was like, oh, like... They're, they're separate. separate yeah. they're, they're separate entities, but they're really not, right? No, so, they're so, the same. So our goal as the clinic is to represent the science of PRI in its right. purest form, right? Yeah. Which makes things a lot easier. So I don't do dry needling, and I don't do, right. But I know a guy. Sure. No, I don't do cranial work yeah. other than a little bit, but I know a guy. Yeah. Right? So so I don't think those tools are bad. So I don't have to be a one stop shop for everything, right. which is kind of freeing. Because I know some people are like, well, what else do you do besides PRI? Well, I don't. That's what we do. <laughs> I don't do anything else but PRI. But but people need other things. Yeah, certainly people do need other things. Yeah. That's okay. PRI it's kind of like the ultimate PRI middle man. PRI isn't everything. Yeah. But when you have somebody that can, that can, that can manage, that's as that role. And that's, again, with Prime, sometimes that's what we're managing. Okay, you need, you yeah. should find a a good body work person yeah. and you should find a good personal trainer that sure. understands how to get you back working out again or whatever, sure. whatever that, that tool may be. And then PRI loves seeing the patients that we see and say, okay, we saw, and we saw this really interesting patient with this kind of unique dystonia, Yeah. but it was related to whatever. This uh, course. Th- th- this course or this thing. And so a lot of the coursework and a lot of the privies that come out, man, we just happen to see this patient and, okay. and here's, it really sparked this conversation it's like and constant communication. Yeah, so one kind of drives the other. So it's a really unique you know, awesome. kind of symbiosis relationship, which makes it easy, but also it's a, well, it's just fun. different yeah, to me. Different, when I yeah. first of all, when I came in here the other day, I was like, oh my god, this place is amazing. But also, I feel I know that what you guys are doing at Prime and what the institute is doing is something that is not being done anywhere yeah, else yeah. because there's one Ron and he's yeah. the one who's created it, and yeah. so we're all kind of like honoring what he's created but a lot of these concepts which we see be so successful in so many individuals mm-hmm. there's nowhere else that is at this level of yeah. doing this yeah. i think there are other hubs in america that are 
getting oh, there. Oh, absolutely. And, but and this is like the standard of what everybody wants yeah. to be at. And we all, I mean, I tell people, we, I don't want to compete with people. Our goal is to help yeah, people. Yeah, to help people, sure. Right? So if people have questions, they can reach out to us. We're not, we're yeah. just want to steal your patient or yeah. you're doing it wrong or whatever. Well, I think it's great right? to we know just, that if I can't figure something out, I can send them to you. Yeah. That just, makes just, me feel just great. Just ask questions. I spend a lot of time on email asking yeah. questions or answering questions as much as I can. And sometimes like, you know what, we just don't yeah. see them in person. It's hard to know. But, and that's kind of just the community aspect of PRI in the clinic is it's not really, you know, people around here, it's not ego driven. No, at, at all. all. <laughs> right. So it's, it's not about. It's like, it's shockingly not at all. Yeah. That's and that's kind of, thing. that's why it needs to be kind of in Nebraska. Yeah. Right? Cause that's what Nebraska is all about. It's, yeah. it's, it's Midwest. It's kind of low slow key. pace. It's low key. It's no ego. And, and yet we're doing these people. Say, well, why are you going to Nebraska? Everybody from, says that from, yeah. From Ireland, really? Going to Nebraska? Like, why would you go to why not? Nebraska, right? Well, because of right. Well, it was just for, it was like, I think it was a gal who went through PRC. And I can't think of her name. Oh, I'm going to be, I'm so mad at myself. Okay. And she'd been to a Elton John concert with her husband. Uh-huh. Like, in his last, like, hurrah. And then, like, the next week she was coming to, PR, to integration, right? And do, to do a PRC. And she's like, well, this is so much better than Elton John. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, it's this like, was a highlight weekend for me. Right. Same thing. It's like, those are kind of our PRI geeks that are out there. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> compared to, like, Elton John, right? But it's just because it's, and it's just nice to have the energy, and, and we love people coming in because it, it does kind of energize us to. I'm sure, to keep producing to keep, and doing to, what And to keep doing. learning, right? Yeah. Everybody has this, the, the passion to want to keep learning and keep yeah. growing and keep doing more stuff. It's real easy to, to lose. Yeah. I think the drive has to, you know, it comes from within, but then sometimes you have, like, a weekend like this for me is so energizing yeah. and so, like, oh, wow, I can't wait to go back and yeah. do what I know to so do. So when you see a patient, you go, man, that really did yeah. not make a sense to me at all. Yeah. It kind of energizes you, you. To, want, to, want to, to want to learn sure. more. So having that community around here is Great. It's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. Okay, my last question okay. for you. You're from Colorado. Yeah. You were a swimmer. But what do you do now that makes you move your brain or move your body, either at the yeah. same time or yeah. not at the same time? What do um, you do that you enjoy? Well, a couple things. A, I have five kids, so <laughs> I don't really sit around too much. <laughs> right? Yeah. Our oldest is 17 and our youngest is eight. Wow. So we, we're in the, the taxi cab years, so we're driving kids to, to practices and that kind of thing. So they keep my brain kind of going because I... I can't not. Yeah. Right. So when I get home, I, you know, it's, 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 chaos. It's, it's chaos. <laughs> Though they're getting to the age now where they're not little kids. Yeah. We just had this over Christmas. Like we didn't have little kid Christmas. Yeah. Which is, you know, magic and sure. jumping on the bed at five in the morning and right. And gifts everywhere. It was, yeah. it was big kid Christmas, which was like, Hey, it's 10 o'clock. We, can you get out of bed now? Mellow. Which, which, right, yeah. it's mellow, but it's still cool. So that keeps my brain going in a non PT world. I can take the kind of that, the hard brain work that we do here because it's I mean it's brain yeah, work it's, it's, it's thinking and it's and it's time yeah. to, I don't see that many patients in a day You're it's right. just wonderful I love it yeah. we, talk, we could dive down that but, yeah, but, it, but it's hard brain work but I can go home and I can let go of it I cannot yeah. work when I go home yeah. I can I can so that keeps my brain healthy I love it not being pure-eyed minded all day long <laughs> yeah. I, can, I can just go balance yeah I talked just, about that a lot yesterday I can just go balance. jump on the trampoline with the kids if sure. I want to or watch them jump on the trampoline <laughs> And then as far as moving my body, I don't swim very much anymore, primarily because it's a pain. <laughs> well, right? when you do something for years, it right? kind of yeah. is like... My second oldest is now, he's a freshman in high school, is on the swim team. So it's kind of fun to watch him That's kind of cool. in that in that room. And I go, oh man, that was so fun. And it's just a fun team environment. Yeah. Um, 
and there's so much good stuff about swimming and probably bad stuff and bad stuff about swimming, but good yeah. stuff that I like. But th- that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> so I don't swim, but I do work out. I lift weights a couple times a week, just general weightlifting. Sure. Um, I'll even bench press every now and then. Wow. Right? I'll, I'll do some like actual yeah. weightlifting stuff. It's Why not, not bad. It's not. But I like I like swimming. But what I make sure I do every week is I kickbox two or three times a week. Oh, nice. And we have the gym we're at, and, and there's a kickboxing class, and it's cardio kickboxing. And so there's these little, you know, sounds great. Twenty year old bunnies, dump, you know, doing this thing. And but it's there's music and rhythm. It's awesome. And it's and it's alternating the right left, and it's this midline. this kind, and it's kick your feet, and it's and then you throw in some you know whole body movement yeah. sorts of things and that kind of stuff, and then. I'll go, okay, well, this song, I'm going to lead with my left hand instead of my right hand. Because yeah. you'll start to see that even the teachers have their patterns of the sure. things that they kind of get biased towards. And But just, just to challenge how am I going to use my body in a rhythmic activity. But to me, that's a, it's a good workout. But really, it's in terms of maintaining rhythmic activity in my body and back and forth activity yeah. and, and some cardiovascular and some strength sorts of things, that's... I love it. Yeah, that's one of the most unique answers I've ever heard on yeah. here. And I, it makes sense to yeah, me. So I... But I like so that. Here, so th- that's about the only PRI stuff I do. I love it. That's it's great. It's kickboxing. Right, because you're living your life. And every now and then I lead a song, and I, about halfway through the song, I end up back on my right side, <laughs> leading with my right side, and that's fine, but I did it. Right? Yeah. But that's about as much as I do PRI-wise. PRI that's like, great. Well, what exercise do you do? Well, yeah. No, if I have to shovel snow and my back is tight or whatever, yeah, that's then. fine. Now, luckily, I've had some ankle sprains, and, my, and I do fine, but I'm fairly healthy. Healthy, yeah. Yeah, I haven't any issues. That's great. But but if I were, I I know what I do. Right. So this was amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge. Thanks for just sitting down. I appreciate it. Yeah, this was so great. I'm so glad we did this, and this is going to help a lot of people. I know it will. Good. So and I I know we get long. I get long-winded, and hopefully it doesn't. No, this was perfect. This was so perfect. Yeah. I loved it. I loved every second. So thank you. Well, thanks for being here, and congratulations on your thank you. That's awesome. It was such an amazing experience. It's so cool. Thank you for listening to this episode of Move Your Brain, Move Your Body podcast. Follow us on Instagram and YouTube at MoveYourBB. Please share with your friends. The best way to get this knowledge out there is for you guys to share this information. Thank you so much for your support and for listening. Check in next week for another episode.